Welcome to the Property Voice Podcast, helping you to navigate safely through the world of property investing. Get the lowdown and updates, insights and outcomes on all matters property with a splash of entertainment along the way. The Property Voice, a voice to trust among the crowd. Now, let's get started with your host, Richard Brown. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Property Voice podcast. My name is Richard Brown and as always, it's a pleasure to have you join me on the show again today. Now in last week's show, we had a chat with Simon Allen from Searchlight Finance, if you remember, and he ran us through a few very useful pointers with regard to some of the main sources of financing of our property investments. And much of what we covered last time out would fall under the heading of what I like to call institutional financing due to the nature of the finance providers that we discussed last time out. However, today we're going to drill down a little bit deeper and consider some of the other main sources of property financing in addition to cash, namely institutional financing, as we've already mentioned, plus alternative and creative financing as well. As we shall see, despite all that we cover, we can stay on track by remembering these three key points when it comes to property financing. Be aligned, be methodical, <laughs> be methodical, and be prepared. <clears throat> so it's be aligned, be methodical, and be prepared. And that's it really, well almost. We also have the five P's to consider. Uh, which we'll share a little bit later. And we've got a shout out resource later on that literally saved me thousands of pounds last year. So you don't want to miss out on that. So let's dive straight into the heart of the matter now and see what else is involved with investment property financing. Okay, so let's get on with this week's featured topic with Property Chatter. Now, last time out, along with Simon's help, we had a look at some of the main aspects of what I like to call institutional financing. And this is property financing typically provided by a mainstream financial institution or organization. It would include products such as buy-to-let mortgages, commercial finance, bridging or auction finance, and to a lesser extent, also refurbishment mortgages and development finance. And there are often these rather are often provided by entities or institutions such as high street banks, commercial banks, challenger banks, specialist buy to let lenders, bridging and fine, uh, sorry, bridging and development finance lenders, and so on. And while some can be approached directly, many would be available via a finance broker intermediary only. And remember that not all brokers will automatically have access to all institutional lenders. And even if they do, they may not handle that many regular cases to be current and up to date and have the necessary relationships in place with all of those lenders uh, to understand the requirements and the nuances and so on. As I mentioned earlier, in addition to institutional finance, there are other ways in which we can finance a property investment, including, of course, cash. But there's also alternative financing and creative financing. And we'll walk through these a little bit more in today's show. However, before we do that, I realize that there is a, a series of elements that are relatively consistent regardless of the type of financing that we use. In other words, some steps that we, can, that we need to consider when it comes to financing our investment property. And we can summarize these elements rather handily using what I would like to call the five P's as follows, which, are, which stands for people, process, pounds, property, and performance. 
So people is not necessarily individuals. It can sometimes be used to apply to uh, organizations as well. And, and so it's like, who is providing the finance and who do we need to go through to gain access to them? So it's the pro provider of the finance and the channel that we need to get to to get to them, the people involved or the, the organizations in which they work for. And by way of illustration, if it's a buy-to-let mortgage, for example, the answer could be a buy-to-let lender accessed via a mortgage broker. Process summarizes the steps we need to take to take us all the way through to having full control of the investment property we are looking to acquire. Now, as well as the obvious step of dealing with the finance provider and giving them all that they need to be able to approve the funding, it could also extend to legal steps such as conveyancing, contract drafting and negotiation and other aspects like insurance, due diligence checks and so on. So it's all of the processes that go around funding um, that, uh, that particular investment property. Pounds. Okay, it is a bit of a cheat here with the P, I know, but you know, it allowed me to get the five P's, so I'm counting that one. But it's all about the money itself, i.e. pounds sterling, or whichever currency you're using if it's, uh, if it's an overseas um, finance product. And it includes the terms of financing, such as the loan to value level, any fees that are involved, whether it be from the lender or broker or any other party, early redemption penalties, interest rates and so on and I like to use the term total cost of finance when I whenever I'm looking at an investment property financing proposition and this could be literal such as say over a 25 year mortgage term of course assuming that we had all the information or we could make suitable assumptions for that length of time or perhaps on a more realistic shorter and more meaningful time frame instead such as say five to ten years and I prefer to use a time frame of this length, five to ten years, as it ignores some of the guessing that we, you know, would be required, often decades away into the future. But at the same time, it takes into consideration what a lot of people tend to overlook, which is renewing financial facilities over the short to medium term. Now, some some fixed rate deals, for example, are only for two years. So if you look over a five to ten year period, then you could be renewing a, a two year fixed rate, you know, five or even six times over a ten year period. The next P is for property and it might sound obvious but it's worth keeping in mind that the property is our asset and this asset will be used as security both to under, underwrite our, in, our investment but also our financial commitment to any finance provider. So does it stack up? For example, is it built on a floodplain that may hamper its future saleability or insurability? How easy and costly will it be to maintain? Or are there any major capital expenses looming, such as roof, windows, central heating replacement, and so on? Does it have all the required legal protection in place? Are there any other risks around the property that could undermine our investment and our ability to repay the financing at a later date? Could be things like Japanese knotweed, industrial waste, uh, either on-site or close by. Could be subsidence or, or movement in the property, perhaps due to mining in the local area. Busy roads which could you know, reduce the demand for the property and that sort of thing. And so on. Now performance is all about the numbers. It's the last P. And our numbers, you know, our numbers that is. So it's, it's what's important to us. And that means what sort of returns will this financing help us to generate? Now we're looking at key performance indicators or KPIs here. And they'll usually include such measures as annual cash flow and annual profit. 
and they are different, <laughs> return on investment and or debt, return on debt that is, uh, leverage factor, which is uh, the idea of using other people's money, and uh, payback period, which is the time it's going to take to recover our initial investment fund back over time, over a several months, say. And of course, as I mentioned earlier, the total cost of financing under the pounds heading that was. And if, if we don't have some idea what a, a decent investment looks like to us, then how can we judge whether it's worthwhile or not? And equally, different types of financing may give rise to different types of KPIs or metrics to us as well. Just to illustrate the point, if we didn't have to put down a deposit, say, uh, or even a reduced one, a lot of buy-to-let lending requires 25% deposits, for example, how would that make us view some of those other metrics, like cash flow, for example? Now, we may be able to tolerate lower cash flow if we're putting in a more limited amount of our own money up front. I find it to be true at least. So the metrics or the KPIs could be flexed depending on the type of financing or the type of project. But it's important that we think about them in advance and we understand what's important to us so we can set uh, the right uh, benchmarks, if you like, to judge the performance. So these five P's, people, process, pounds, property and performance, they act as a, as a guide to help us work our way through pretty much any form of financing to ensure that we cover all of the basics and all of the bases to make a good judgment call as to whether the financing is both worthwhile and, uh, and appropriate. And we should not forget that all of this should be taken into consideration along with our goals and our strategy. Is everything aligned? For example, if we plan to flip a property on, why would we be interested in a five to ten year time horizon? I know I did talk about that earlier, but if it's a short term flip, that's not going to be such an important factor. But the same is true in reverse. And if we had a long term investment horizon, say for our pension provision or even to provide for our children's inheritance, say, then why would we not want to keep in mind what can happen with our financing over an extended period of time? or indeed the performance of the property over an extended period of time. And when I look at any form of investment property acquisition and the financing involved, it forms part of what is known in uh, as a business case decision in investment circles. So yeah, in investment circles, they have this thing called a business case. And I tend to look at each particular project as a standalone business case. And I look at acquisition and financing as a component part of my business case decision. So what is the business case? Does it stack up and is it in line with our strategy and goals? What are the returns? How about the terms of finance and indeed the conditions or constraints we have to live with? How about renewal of the facility over time? And of course, what is our exit and how easy is it going to be to achieve that? And, and how will all of this work in this particular case, this particular project? So that's what I tend to do. I look at the project as a business case and I ask myself those types of questions so to make it clear in my own mind. As we so often find in property, what is on the surface is a very simple idea, isn't it? It's very simple. Invest in property and make money over time. <laughs> but it has several layers of complexity beneath it, doesn't it? And so we need to be aware of that. And then we have to have some steps in place that allow us to work through them. For me, these five P's, along with a business case approach, help me to assess the relative merits of any investment property acquisition and indeed its financing method in particular. Needless to say, 
I think I might have taken something of a tangent here. So let's get back to the core of the subject, shall we, with the main types of investment property financing. Okay, so the, the types of investment property financing as a refresher are cash, institutional financing, alternative financing, and creative financing. Now let's start with cash. And cash, as they say, is king. But it's also limited, and investment property acquisition can hardly be described as a low-cash business model in the most part, at least. However, if we're fortunate enough to have cash funds available to acquire properties, it could put us in a strong buying position, and perhaps ahead of many other potential investors. And this could mean getting first dibs on a juicy deal, or it could mean being able to act quickly to exclude our competition and, and get in there quick to secure our position. All well and good. However, it does have its limitations, such as being limited in you know its amount. We're sooner or later going to run out of cash. And of course, it reduces. Well, you know, of course, it might not be that obvious, but it does reduce some of the financial returns that are uh, possible in property investing. For example, by using leverage. So our return on investment when we use leverage is usually higher when we're using leverage and therefore financing than without. Uh, or if you put, if you like to put it a different way, it's when we're using other people's money instead of our own. Cash is therefore most suited to short-term projects or where the cash can be replaced later on by one of the other forms of financing we'll discuss here today. And it should also be, be highlighted that to many agents and sellers, bridging finance is often seen as cash equivalent these days as well. So keep that in mind. Institutional financing is the next category. And this, as we described earlier, um, is, is some of the conventional financing products that we may come across. And certainly we heard last time out when we talked about this subject. It's things like buy-to-let mortgages, commercial finance, bridging or auction finance, and then to a lesser extent, refurbishment mortgages and development finance. I say to a lesser extent because they're not as commonplace, that's what I mean here. And indeed, some of, the, uh, some of these products, particularly development finance, could indeed fall into another category, which I'll talk about in a minute, which is alternative finance. The key being that they are all provided by mainstream financial providers and are in the most you know, common, they're the most common ways of financing investment property. So you've probably heard of them is, the, uh, is really what I'm trying to say here, what I'm trying to get at. The next category is alternative financing and this is alternative due to the providers of the finance and to some extent the finance product as well but it's mainly the providers, the types of provider. So the providers can include family and friends, uh, joint venture partners, private lenders, peer-to-peer -peer lenders, pension funds and so on. So to some, it could also include personal loans and credit cards, which are kind of a variation on institutional financing. However, that's a, a very high-risk high method of funding a property acquisition, and it might be more suited to ancillary costs and expenses funding um, in terms of the overall property transaction rather than buying the property itself. So maybe for works, professional fees, and that kind of thing. So they're, they're the main cat uh, types rather of alternative financing. The next category, category rather, is creative financing, and uh, is often at first glance. Uh, first, I can't say it. Sorry, is often at first glance, at least, not usually thought of as financing, or not at least until we think about it more fully. 
So let me give you an example. If we think about lease options, we, you know, they're not mainstream, but we've been talking about them a little bit. So think about lease options or rent to rent, installment contracts, delayed completion, assisted sale, vendor or developer finance as examples. And we're starting to realize that there is financing involved here. But the, the, the thing that makes it different is that, uh, or creative rather, is that we're effectively leveraging somebody else's asset and indeed their funding in a creative way. So as I mentioned with lease options, we're leveraging the existing property owner's own existing financing rather than us taking out new financing ourselves, which is pretty neat actually if you think about it. We'll probably still need to make payments to reflect the cost of financing and that's that's called the, the lease part of the rentals that we pay over. However, we do not directly have the relationship with the finance provider ourselves. We're not legally obliged to maintain that relationship is what I'm driving at. Now, creative, uh, here talking about creative financing, the word creative often comes with another word closely, <laughs> closely nearby and that's advanced. And uh, many of the financing strategies outlined here would require more education, understanding and indeed support to be implemented, uh, implemented correctly. Needless to say, don't forget these main summary points when it comes to investment property financing. And we talked about them earlier, but they are be aligned, be methodical and be prepared. But by being aligned, it means choosing the right financing method to match our investment project and indeed our chosen goals, strategy and our available resources. So it's keeping everything in line or aligned. Secondly, being methodical means regardless of which method we decide upon to follow the five P's of process, oh, sorry, there's people, process, pounds, property and performance, along with a business case approach to help guide us to the right outcome. And in terms of being prepared, it's getting ourselves finance ready well in advance, taking care of all the necessary details uh, before the time comes, including checking credit files, bank statements, the HMRC, uh, tax return information, sources of deposits and so on. So being aligned, being methodical and being prepared um, are the three simple steps that we really need to, uh, to follow along with the five P's. And if we adopt this business case approach to each investment project, then we should be in good shape for our next investment property financing project. Now, given that I've covered a fair bit of ground over the past couple of weeks and indeed in other episodes on the subject of investment property financing, I'll probably leave it there for now. However, I plan to return to the subject a little later, perhaps sharing one or two case studies of my own as, uh, as an object lesson in some of the less familiar methods of using alternative and creating, uh, sorry, creative financing to support our property uh, investment property acquisition and portfolio building objectives. After all, I sincerely believe that financing is perhaps one of, if not the major resource that we need to be successful uh, in mastering as a property investor. Now, it need not always be our own financial resources, though, as we've seen, but it's still a major part of what we have to master on our own personal property investment journey. And finally, on the subject, I am in, you know, currently in the process of writing my second book, and uh, this will address more advanced financing methods. Some of the uh, alternative and creative uh, strategies will be outlined in that book, along with the institutional financing and cash as well. And this is going to be reduced during the course of the next few months of, uh, of this year. 
but so look out for that but in the meantime if you want to drop me a line to go on our book launch list uh, I'll let you know when it's going to be available in advance of that so email podcast at thepropertyvoice.net for that as usual and we'll drop you on the list and give you a bit of a heads up well in advance of that coming out but right now let's leave it there and uh, let's take a look at, uh, at your engagement with the show in the next segment up next is your voice it's all about you and your property world Last week, I asked you if you could let me have your thoughts and ideas for content, uh, ideas for future episodes of the show. Now, it could be a general theme for a series, or it could indeed be an individual topic instead. And so far, I've had some requests, and they've covered primarily areas of financing more fully, so it's obviously very uh, timely and um, considered interesting to people to go through that in more detail than we have already. But also, I've been asked to look specifically at lease options and indeed working with deal sources. So there's some of the specific things that have come out, some of the general things, but there's some of the things that have come out um, specifically. So the bottom line is what's missing? What's top of mind um, You know, in terms of your uh, property-related content that you'd like me to cover over the next few weeks or months ahead? Uh, drop me a quick email, podcast at thepropertyvoice.net, with your ideas of topics, themes, or other content for the show, and I'll do my best to plan it into the schedule for you. But right now, um, let's have a look at another five-star review of the podcast that I want to share with you today. And this comes from Tim and Sue, who uh, back in June, and you'll you'll understand why I've referenced the date, back in June left us this uh, very nice five-star review. It says, a great resource with an original format. Richard has managed to find a niche in a crowded, crowded market. The series structure allows the listener to focus on a topic in quite some depth over a few episodes helping it break down the big issues like how to get the foundations of a property business in place into bite-sized chunks. Uh, Pushing innovation with CASA, that's the bit I was referring to about being a little bit out of date, but also returning, uh, sorry, retaining old podcast favorites such as listener questions and suggested resources. A great addition to the property world, subscribe if you haven't already. Well, probably made of a bit of a pig's ear of that, Tim and Sue, in, in reading out, but I really do appreciate you sharing those very kind and considered words. And uh, I'll make sure I mention them to Kaz as well next time I see her. But please don't forget um, to leave us a review in iTunes, will you? It, it really does help to, to spread the word even further. But with over 16,000 of you listening to this show on a regular basis, this is already excellent. However, please do keep those reviews coming in as I love to hear how the show is impacting you and your property journey. And if not a review, then you can always just drop me a message podcast at thepropertyvoice.net and uh, we can have a good old property chinwagger if you like as well. (laughs) Thanks very much. And now, where you can go for more great resources with a shout out. So today's shout out is a little bit different, but it's still bang on topic. And uh, I had a, a couple of buy-to-let mortgages coming to the end of their fixed term last year myself. In particular, actually, I had one with the Mortgage Works or TMW and another with Birmingham Midshires or BMS uh, for short. Uh, nothing out of the ordinary so far. However, as I'd taken them out at different points in time and a, a little while ago, I'd used different brokers in each case before I, you know, settling on my own um, regular broker to use uh, going forward. Now, the broker that I'd used for the TMW mortgage duly contacted me a few months in advance of the expiry of the fixed term and presented me with several options, along with a whole set of fees, etc. Of course. 
And the broker that I used for the BMS mortgage, they, they were renewing at similar points in time, not identical, but similar points in time, also contacted me in advance. But in this case, also highlighted that Lender has a loyalty program in place for existing customers. And here you can sign up for a new fixed term mortgage with no fees of any description at all to pay. And that literally saved me thousands of pounds, I can tell you. However, despite asking the first broker if TMW offered the same concept or the same approach, I didn't receive a straight straight answer. Hmm. Now it turns out that TM, TMW also offer a similar loyalty scheme with a new fixed term mortgage being made available with no fees to pay from me. So there's no broker, there's no uh, lender fees, there's no solicitor or anything like that. I guess the, the broker in this case may not have uh, earned a fee, but even so, they really should have made me aware of this, and um, especially when I asked them directly, don't you think? The answer, of course, is yes. <laughs> but equally, let this be a lesson to all of us that these loyalty schemes, first of all, they do exist. And so when it comes to renewing our fixed rates, we should make an inquiry of both the broker and indeed the lender to see what is on offer. Now, in my case, I, I possibly did not get the lowest interest rate on the market by renewing directly. However, when I took into consideration no broker, no lender, no legal, no valuation and other fees, it really was a no-brainer to renew with the existing lender in both cases, and I duly did. Now, I know a lot of uh, other lenders also have similar schemes in place as well. So make sure you check out this uh, the next time you're considering remortgaging or renewing a fixed rate mortgage or something similar to that. So that's today's shout out then. Ask your lender about loyalty renewal policies and it could literally save you thousands off your total cost of financing. There you go. I told you it was back on topic, didn't I? So next week we're going to have a look at the third stage of the investment property life cycle, which is the works stage. And uh, what do we need to know when it comes to considering improvement, conversion and development works when it comes to investment property? And that's what we can look forward to next time out. But don't forget, you can drop me an email personally with any suggested topics for, for future shows or future episodes or even future series, podcasts at thepropertyvoice.net. Meanwhile, the show notes, as always, will be over at the website, thepropertyvoice.net. But in the meantime, I just want to say thank you very much for listening once again this week. And until next time on the Property Voice podcast, it's ciao, ciao. Thank you for listening today. Now head over to thepropertyvoice.net for more inspirational content and get updates through our mailing list. Join us next time on the Property Voice podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes.